Happy Friday, guys, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Dubs. I'm your host, Bill T. Well, looking like I'm not going to make it to Kelly Park this weekend. Had some stuff come up, and so I'm uh, not feeling a- 100%, and George was busy, so excuse, excuse, excuse. I'm not coming up to Kelly Park unless something miraculously changes from the time I put this podcast out to later this afternoon, but looks like I'm going to be here camping out in Vegas for the weekend. And if you're going to be up in the Northern California area, make sure you guys go check out the Red Barn Swap Meet on Saturday, uh, Mark Merrill's Place this evening, and Kelly Park on Saturday, uh, put on by the Golden Gate chapter of the Volkswagen, Volkswagen Club of America. It's always a killer event. There's there's always just so much cool stuff going on and a lot of cool cars. Bombing out that I don't get to see my NorCal homies, but uh, who knows, man. Next time, maybe a bug around, I'll be there. But I definitely got to get up there and uh, see my peeps. Man, just uh, plugging away down here. Make sure that you guys are focused on what I was going to be doing up there, which is putting out flyers to promote the event for October's One Crazy Weekend. So make sure you guys book your rooms. Do not wait, guys. I'm going to tell you this again and again. Book your rooms. Book them. Make sure they're booked 30 days before the event because they've opened up a huge block of rooms for us. Last time they ran out of rooms because people were trying to book them too late toward the event time and they really need to be booked right now. So book your rooms for the event. Even if you're not get, even if you're on the fence about going, this way at least you can home you hook up somebody with the room that's already booked for you in case so that the rooms are reserved so nobody's out of luck. So if you guys do book a room and you end up not going, make sure that you call someone a couple days in advance because there will be people looking for rooms. Matter of fact, the easiest, the easiest thing to do is hit me up and say, hey, I got a room reservation code. I'm not going to be able to make it. And then I'll put it on the podcast, put out a special bulletin alert, get somebody that code. They'll lock up that room. And then VW people get to stay at the Orleans Hotel and Casino. It's going to be a rager this year. That I guarantee. Other than that, make sure you guys support our sponsors. You like what you hear on Let's Talk Dubs, man. Go subscribe to VW Trends Magazine. They got the new issue out today where they go to Japan. Pretty dope split window on the cover of the magazine this month. Lots of cool stuff in that magazine. So make sure you go to VW trendsmagazine.com to subscribe VW Trends Magazine to subscribe don't forget to follow Dan Ledbetter on his Instagram and Facebook he's traveling all around the country right now and if you connect with Dan you may win yourself a lifetime subscription to VW Trends Magazine so go check him out at vwtrendsmagazine.com now also Ross Wolf just this last week you saw him on Instagram was over at Georgia shop and uh, we dialed in our shifter upgraded my shift bushings to uh, the Ross Wolf shift uh, the billet shift bushings, so those are dialed in. Got my shift, got my shift together, and uh, they got plenty of cool stuff for you guys. Make sure you guys check out their stainless steel bust deck lid hinges. If you got raggedy hinges on your bust, dude, get them dialed in today. Go to Ross Wolf and check out their billet stainless deck lid hinges. The last lifetime, they're ready to paint, polish them up, however you want them. Go get them at RossWolf.com. Also, another cool thing that they have that if you got your leaky bug you want to get your uh your viton gasket and your billet sump plate cover get that dialed in by roswell a reusable viton gasket on your sump so cool stuff that you guys can pick up because roswell purveyors of speed and style they're all about bringing cutting edge stuff to the vw community so go check them out at roswell.com and don't just take my word for it look at the reviews that are on their website they're really focused on customer feedback and they stand behind everything that they do. So check them out at rosswolf.com. Now, a couple shout outs today. So first shout out is gonna go to Meyer943. Says, well, I've been out of the VW game for about 25 years and got back in about a year ago, working on a 66 Beetle Frankenstein, and he's hoping to head out to one crazy weekend. All the podcasts have been great. I'm trying to get through all of them now. 
Keep up the outstanding work. P.S. I'm from Bakersfield, and you're right. Some very cool cars have come out of some very talented builders here. Legit podcast. Love it. So we're looking forward to seeing my guy, Meyer. Looking forward to seeing Frankenstein the bug out here for one crazy weekend, man. So get to work, bro. Turn them wrenches and get that dude down here. I'm hoping to have Bull Run Bus in its all her new glory uh, debuted at the one crazy weekend. So laying on the ground and looking legit so i'm looking forward to i got a lot of i got so many irons of the fire guys we can't even talk we're gonna have to do a round table and talk about all the crap i got going on because i got a lot of a lot of car junk going on right now so probably do a round table coming up here in the next few episodes with uh we'll get old uncle george in here <laughs> and we'll do a little podcast with him today's podcast is a continuation of the podcast that we were doing in the UK, the UK invasion. Let's talk dubs invades the UK. And we rolled into the Volksworld show. So make sure you guys support Volksworld by subscribing to Volksworld magazine today. They do a lot of really rad features. Their magazine is hefty, a lot of content in there and uh it really kind of ups the game man pushes you guys to do what you need to do see what's out there get a different take from the from across the pond there those guys do things a little different and maybe give you some inspiration but check it out go to volksworld.com and subscribe today and those guys treated me right when i got there got rolled up like royalty and uh got a little nice space upstairs a vip box where i did my podcast and that's where we recorded today's podcast. And today's podcast is the guy that's doing big things, air suspension up there in the UK is Limebug. He's the one everybody knows about. We sat down with Craig Shaw. He's the uh, founder of Limebug. Him and his significant other have kicked off that business. And he's got a great story. Matter of fact, the name Limebug comes from her bug. She had a bug and he was in the water pumpers and he was like, let me hook up the bug. And uh, so goes the story. And now Limebug is producing a lot of product for air suspension up there in the UK. Craig's a good dude, got a great story, and uh, we're about to get into that. So let's do it. Let's talk about air suspension, fabrication, modification, air shocks. Do they work? Do they not work? Are these airbags? Are they shocks? Are they airbag shock? We're going to find out right now with Craig Shaw from Limebug on Let's Talk Dubs. You probably don't know that there's a new Volkswagen out that doesn't look like a Volkswagen Okay, everybody. So on today's podcast, we're back again. Another episode from Volksworld 2023, The British Invasion. And I've got on today's podcast, I'm sure you guys have been familiar with their uh, their front suspension, rear suspension, all the air stuff they do, and the custom machine wheels they do. I've got Craig Shaw with Linebug on the podcast today. Craig, welcome to the show. Thank you. Hey, so the way that we always start the podcast is... Uh, obviously Limebug does a lot of super cool, you know, parts for VW air suspension, uh, the custom machined wheels and a lot of bits and pieces for your slam Volkswagen. But the way we always start the podcast is what's your VW story and how did you get into Volkswagens? Uh, so originally, uh, to get into the, the air cooled world, it was a transition from, uh, I had a VW Polo, mm -hmm. uh, a G40, which is a 
uh, a little supercharged uh, 90s hot hatch. And my partner I met at the time, uh, Leanne, uh, who's downstairs, she's got a lime green beetle, which is where the name actually originated. And that's what we started working on together. It was a, a project on the driveway and that car sort of went through many, many stages and transitions of going through the different styling at the time. It was a, um, a Paris conversion, which um, I'm not sure whether they have in the States, but it's it's basically a convertible, but a home done convertible. Right. Uh, where they saw the roof off and- um, So we call it a Carson top in, okay. in Vegas. Like it, so in, in the States, it's a hard top that comes on and off the car? Kind of, yeah, yeah. So it's it, it sort of folds back, but you can remove it fully. So oh, okay. it becomes like- yeah, like so it's a, a homemade convertible is what it is. Yeah, it was, a, it was, but at the time that was, that was what we had. And, uh, uh, we rebuilt the car many, many times over and, um, it's sort of always been a passion. I've done engineering and manufacturing in like previous jobs before doing line bug. And it was always kind of the thing we wanted to do was do the, the axles, the suspension, the air ride thing sort of evolved over a period of time, but the suspension was always something we thought mm -hmm. we could try and uh work on and improve but it always it always started from the um from the, the the foundations of building that car that one car on the driveway and that then became my car which is actually downstairs today my car i've had uh 13 years this is its debut oh is uh, it? yeah it's here today it's it's really kind of cool but it's um it was 200 bucks at the time when i yeah. bought the car uh, and I don't think there's one original panel left on it, but you know, as they all are in in the UK, every car is uh, is peppered from every every which way. And that car's yeah, that's, that's here today, so it's quite nice. They're it's, rusted for the for, for the bottom uh, half of the car. It's yeah, rusted. it's always the bottom foot foot and a half is all gone. Um, but it was nice because you could kind of like do, you know, but when that car we started building it, um, the one that's here. Uh, what was, year is it? Uh, it's actually a 70, but it's had all the, the early, the nice like sloping wings and everything on it. But it was just at the time, uh, we just buy what, the thing that you liked and just kept adding stuff. So it was never meant to be a purist thing from front to back. It was just what I wanted at the time. And it's just been added to and added to. And I've just been a weekend or an hour here and there. And it's taken 13 years to do. But. Yeah, that's quite a, well, you know, and you're, <clears throat> and you're, you, you seem fairly young. I mean, mm -hmm. to me, I'm, I'm an old man, I'm 50 and you're in your thirties, right? Yeah. So it, you know, yeah. it struck me when I met you that you're a little bit on the young side, but uh, <laughs> one of the questions that I have is coming from the background, having a polo yeah. in that whole water pumper scene, air suspension is like the only way. Yes. Yeah. And was, is that where the origins of air come from for you? Cause you, cause you, like you kind of get pushed into the air cooled scene because obviously everything in our life is driven by women. So we, <laughs> we kind of get into the air cooled thing yeah. and then you're like, these guys are archaic with their lame suspension. Let's do some air over here. Correct. Yeah. So the, the, um, the water, the water cool scene, quite rightly, yeah, it's always been coilovers, get it as low as possible. And then overnight, the air ride thing sort of happened with the water cool scene and everybody was sort of bored of smashing. Everybody's sumps were getting blown off the cars and uh, just doing terrific damage underneath ripping brake lines. And everybody just went for the, the air and that kind of stuck. And then gradually, this became a thing that the air cool community started to jump more and more on. Um, but the, there's never really been a... Uh, a straight bolt-on solution. Air cords are quite tricky just purely because the torsion bars. Right. Um, there's not, you can't just take a strut, put a strut back in or a shot and put a shot straight back in its place. There's a lot of uh, 
a lot of things and to, to kind of work around all the year differences you've got as well. So that became sort of the long the long haul of trying to unengineer and re-engineer the 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 air cooled platform to try and make it work more like a yeah. Now when you saw so obviously you get into the air cooled scene because of because of, of your girlfriend because your partner and yeah. now you you're like okay let's see what the you know, the first thing we all typically do let's go to a catalog online see what we got right yeah. we'll check out some websites and see what's out there who did you see on the market at the time um you've got uh, we, initially there was uh probably sort of, sort of the mp the bug pack i think at the time scat it's all the places that are in the, the sort of states and we're looking at all, all like the cal look stuff as well there's a big sort of drag racing scene over here um but a lot of the stuff was sort of homemade as well at the time like drop spindles were just sort of becoming the norm when we first started um narrow beams were still very much the thing was um you cut the beam that you've got welding and adjusters so that was kind of how we started off with all that and then gradually it sort of became more and more becoming a complete unit from new rather than just adapting and cutting and welding everybody you know it's, it's better for everyone to have that just bolt on simplicity to you know, add it to the car, you get the instant looks, you get the lows and you get the, the usability. But um, from the, the initial days, it was all the sort of places in California, Moon Eyes as well. Mm -hmm. I've got uh, quite a, a sort of big history with the VW stuff, with the Speedmasters. Um, there, and they, they've got the place over in Japan with all the crazy Pagal stuff over yeah. there. Um, but that was where we started. So we started importing Quite a few play bits from from there. We got uh, and you were doing this originally just for a hobby. It was a hobby that went spiraled. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it it started off basically just trying to repair the, the line bug uh, initially and sort of cover the cost. So we'd maybe buy in three or four mirrors or um, intake manifolds, eggs or something that we needed for for Leanne's Beetle at the time and. Um, we would uh, we would ship them in and then we just put them on eBay or I don't think Facebook was even that big a thing at the time, but we just sort of sell the other ones to cover the cost of that one. And then more and more people would be like, you know, they start getting, hey, we're getting stung by the the import duties. We're buying this one $10 thing and it's costing me $50 on import. And right. then, so then we get more and then friends and so on. And then that sort of started to build and then it became... Uh, the suspension was just always, I think it's always a passion because the engineering is what I've I've done uh, from university and before I've always been tinkering, making things. Um, but that sort of became the passion and the interest became the sort of drivetrain and how can we try and make this better and simpler. And there's a lot, there was things out there, but nothing that really did like a front to back solution. It was just little bits that would sort of fix little areas of it, but it, right. it never really... Um, uh, you couldn't seem to get anything in sort of one box that would, would put everything back kind of right. Yeah, nobody made box. just a kit. Like, here's your air solution for your In a box. Life. There you go. It's in a crate. And what's the what's the first product that you guys develop on your own? Um, so the first, um, what was the first thing? So, I mean, this first stuff was probably quite simple and basic because with the limited tools at the time, it's probably things like track rods and, you know, just th threading a bar and then figuring out how to do the machine and doing the, like the little flats for where the spanner, um, you know, you lock it and tighten up. And then things sort of evolved from there. And we've got like a, an, a, an old brocher. It's actually from before the war, the brocher machine we've got, uh, so which pulls all the splines now. So we've got our own 
approach a press break welders and literally the entire part comes in as a raw material now and goes out as a finished product but the, the spring plates are quite a nice one because that uses almost every machine in the in the shop so it's quite so your spring plates are made a hundred percent 100 in yeah. the uk from yeah. you yeah in in one building i mean the, on, the only exception to that is that the the laser cutter is I think a hundred yards away from how do you find how do you find a brocher from pre, a pre-war brocher I, it took a lot of finding that did and it, it took a lot of uh, digging out and because the guy had it sort of buried behind pallets and it's got i don't even know what it came with a big pallet of brooches that are something to do with i think propellers off a submarine oh, or yeah. something yeah so there's, there's some crazy things that came with it um but yeah, it was just, you just keep searching for brooches, but brooches are such a strange and rare thing. People make homemade ones, but this one is from the 18, 1890, I think. So on the, bro on the broaching machine, you can set it for the- for The, the, the splines, the design, yeah. Whatever splines you want, you, you set the machine up it's, and it'll do it automatically. Um, so it pulls, it's basically like a, a like huge a, long rod uh -huh. and, and, the, and the, the splines sort of grow along, along it. So if you imagine the serrations is maybe 70 serrations and oh, by yeah. the time it gets to the last one it's the full size spline so it just it, presses it through yeah it just keeps dragging it through so it's like a really high torque motor that just drags this bar through and then you just cake it in um cutting fluid and cutting compound and it just pulls that so it starts around smooth round bar pulls it through and then you have the uh the finished brooch to go on the, the so spline. you end up doing so you're making the spring plates complete on your own yeah and i mean it, it's really something swayway's been doing it for a long time a lot of people have been doing the the spring plate but you've thought I, if i can make it here yeah i avoid the import tax like all the importing fees yeah. the delays and then i can control the quality because your background you said is in machining it's engineering engineering yeah so i worked as a before the, the Volkswagen, I worked as a, a robot maintenance engineer at uh, General Motors in the UK's Vauxhall. Uh, so I maintained robots on the, the production line. So there's a lot of, it's problem solving in a similar way. We'd have things where you'd have to design a jig or something to lift a fuel tank up under a car, or mm -hmm. we had uh, problems with glazing cells to smash windows and they couldn't see the edge of the screen. So it's just it's like problem solving really, sure. but, but always on cars. So, and then it's sort of, me in the end, then it sort of just rolled into this sort of the uh, uh, yeah, air called VW thing naturally, and that and that then became then oh I could do this, and then a couple of people buy a thing, and you think or oh, maybe I could uh, do this, and then that's by bringing right up to date now. We've got like the started doing the, the extended arms that are cast from one piece, so the ultra arm that's like a one of our newest things we started doing. Um, and that's for four inch narrow beams. One of the other things that everybody complains about with the narrow beams is the, the lock. The right, lock. It, it changes because you rotate the direction of the, of the, the track of the rods. Track so, rods, yeah. It changes now the geometry of the front exactly. steering. Exactly, yeah. And every you, you normally end up with like uh, one lock is kind of okay, and then the other one will be really quite restricted. Yeah. And that's always been a problem. And there's been a few bolt-on solutions where they you sort of drill out the ends and put like a little extension on, but none of it ever really rectified the problem fully or it made the steering really fast and quite scary. Yeah. Uh, so we made this arm and it was a huge headache to make, but um, that's now, uh, it's a company who makes uh, stuff for uh, military again, but like they make parts for tanks. Mm -hmm. So that's actually, the, the material it's made of is the same material you make a drive shaft from. So it's incredibly strong. Uh, so it's an extended pitman arm, is that what it is? Exactly, but it's it's sort of extended 
and well, it's uh, offset. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to change the geometry of the offset to correct the steering from narrowing the exactly. front suspension. Exactly. Which it, it's so funny because as archaic as Volkswagens are, yeah. the suspension being in, in version 1.0 mm. of, of engineering yeah. is like you have to get really creative with air suspension. I mean, ultimately, the, the best thing to do would be A-arm suspension, right? But yeah. The, but it's incredibly tricky to get the a arms to we, fit yeah. inside the the Precisely. front horse head. Yeah, exactly. there's just no there's just no room. There's yeah. no room compounded. And thinking with Volkswagen, they really maximize the space. Yeah. yeah, and you know, with a car not having a frame. Yeah, yeah, you know. yeah, and you've got that tunnel to like contend with as well for your putting a rack rack and pinion. If you go for a, a beach buggy and you know where there's or a, a rail and there's a lot more room that works and you've got the extended arms and you've got a lot more space to get something like that to fit but everybody wants the narrowed beams to get the wheels to torque and be able to get the car low a couple of a-frame systems out there were always a little bit uh, hindered by the fact that tires would scrub the arch and that was always the uh, the downside so we've worked within like the vw platform and made the parts, adapted the parts to, to actually work with the four inch, the four inch narrowed and the uh, the air suspension uh, thing as well. So, so are you doing lengthened trailing arms now too? Um, so we do the because that's the other yeah. thing that, that they do is lengthen the trailing arm exactly. to recenter the wheel. Yeah, yeah. So uh, there's a guy you probably know. Uh, Chase, yeah, in, Chase, Chase Hill, yeah. page sixty-six. He's been on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's a good, great guy. He's um, we we talking with him at the minute, and we're working on because he's the guy who does the um, the length and trailing. Yeah, and we've got some drawings together, and we're just trying to figure out a way of of getting these arms to like a hundred percent new manufacture between the two of us. But it's it's a bit of a. I mean, that's a, a big what? deal. I mean, because you're because you're looking at manufacturing something for a market that. It's a lot of money to invest, yeah. and then on top of that, you're thinking like, okay, well, is it going to sell? And then you've got difference between ball exactly. joint and link pin arms, right? Yeah, and then you've got to contend with the with an air shock. The diameter is bigger as well, and then um, you know there's, there's differences with people, different beams from different guys. So you've got the shock can be a, you know, a variety of different places. The relocator changes things, and the position of the lower arm because. If you've got a much narrower beam, the shock's got to run at a more cranked angle as well. So we've got to try and account for as many of those things as we can and right and drive and left and drive as well for the UK and obviously everywhere else. Right. Market. <laughs> the rest of the world. Yeah. Yeah. And so how was it when you started designing your first parts and pieces? What are some of the struggles that you came across? I mean, what was your was your did you get accepted right away into the scene? Like, up, oh, yep, this is great. He's the man. Let's use his parts. Hip, hip, hooray. Here comes Craig. Like, I mean, what, what's that been like? You know, uh, thinking, because you're coming kind of from the outside world of the water-cooled yeah. into the air-cooled thinking, you know what? These yeah. guys have been living in the dark ages. Let me help them out. Let yeah. me bring some air suspension to the game and make it locally. Yeah. And then, and, and, and you maybe have a little bit of advantage because you can look online and see who's doing what at the time. Yeah. Get some inspiration from that and then think with your brain, oh, maybe I could do that differently. Yeah. I could tweak that. Yeah. 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 How, um, how, how do you feel you were received into the VW community? Um, I mean, I think um, not, not quite open arms, but the, the, I, I think everything's sort of earned. And I think over a, a period, gradually it sort of becomes accepted. Our stuff's a little bit 
um, out there in so, some of the like the wheel designs with the gold wheels and I love it. I, I think yeah. it's, I, I, I am I am into different. I yeah. like I'm so worn out on the same three sets of wheels everybody uses and all. I mean it's it's a constant. That's kind of the thing in our game, right? Yeah. And, and when you look at the water cooled world, yeah. they're using three pieces. They're using Ferrari wheels. They're using yeah. everything exactly. Yeah, and it's and it's kind of like yeah. It's funny because. The Volkswagen world is like the punk rock scene. Yeah. That's not punk. This is punk. That's not punk. You know, yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> it's got to be this or that. You're yeah. in or you're out. And, yeah. And, yeah. And when you try to push the boundaries a little bit outside, sometimes you get some you pushback. Can, you can make it meet a little uh, resistance, but I, th I think overall, generally very like warmly received. Once it was there, I think it's the initial like uncertainty of this thing turns up and then everybody thinking, everybody's now going to put these huge wheels, these billet things on every car and, and the whole... Uh, culture and the the, the, the cow look thing and mail all these different stages that air cool VWs have been through and there's there's so many different um, thoughts whether it be the the rat look the patina stuff the, um, uh, the sort of full hot rod custom you got the the rails the sort of no fender stuff the bahars the manx you got so many different things there's a going. lot of variety yeah I've seen. and I think people thought maybe this is going to come in and ruin it a little bit, but it's just another thing. It's another feather to the, well, to the quiver kind of here's thing. The, but here's, this is how I see it, right? I, I think that I've always been a different guy. I've, you know, I've been running 17s on my car since 2002. Yeah. You know, my first yeah. bus I debuted, I put 17-inch twists on it, and I just, I think a 17-inch wheel diameter fits perfectly in a Volkswagen wheel art. Yeah. It's perfect. Exactly. Yeah. And with, you know, you go to the Pirelli plus one philosophy of as you increase, you decrease instead of just slapping low profile tires and your speedometers off, mm. you increase the wheel size, decrease yeah. the tire diameter. It, it's a perfect fit for me. Mm. The limitation has always been, okay, what can you get in a Porsche lug pattern? And then it's not even that. What can you get? Um, because now if you go, if you go small hub, uh, small lug pattern you can do really custom drill any lug pattern yeah and then it's like okay what can you get that looks like it will look cool on a volkswagen because the volkswagen has such a specific shape yeah. not every wheel yeah looks looks good on yeah. it you know and i think when you go out on a limb like this and machine a wheel that's mm. a bold move because yeah. at first it's not cheap yeah and second it could be horrible it, it could be a disaster <laughs> i mean because that's the thing like yeah. everything looks good on paper right mm -hmm. yeah. and then when you but i think that, I mean, these gold wheels on the split just killed it i mean yeah. i think that's it's just such a i love that look man and i and i love a staggered offset i yeah. love and it's the zero lip on there as well that was a little bit of a from the water cooled thing that was yeah. pulled in the zero lip is just something that you don't it's kind of it's kind of done in the air cooled world but they may not have fully realized because like the, the foosh with the four and a half always right, has the right the correct the, the deep six yeah always the protruding the king crab yeah the king crab that's <laughs> yeah. it so it's kind of there but then we've sort of pulled that together with a, a, a billet custom as well but it just looks so fun like when you look down the the side profile of the car yeah and i and, and i it's think, sticking out it's just and i think the the I want to say Euro look because that's what we call yeah, it in in of. the states is like the Euro look when we refer to like it's funny because as European as the VW air cooled is, it's a different breed all to itself. Mm, you know what I mean? Yeah. And and putting some of that Euro look with with the Volkswagens, you know, it's kind of different. But my, one of my bugs that I built back in '93 was a Resto Custom with a touch of 
German look. Like yeah. I had phone dials. I think you guys call them teledials. Teledials, here. Yeah, yeah. So I had phone dials, 16 sevens in the back, 15 sixes in the front. Yeah. And everybody was like, you either loved it or hated it. And me, I loved it. Yeah. And, and I think that's, I don't know how that wheel's received here yeah. in the States. It's a love it or hate it. You either like a, a phone dial or you hate it, yeah. you know? <laughs> and, but it, it has, for me, when I, when I did it back then, it was, it was all about like doing, I wanted a different set of wheels. Yeah. I wanted something that was cool. It's, it's, it's having the like identity of the car, isn't it? It's Correct. making it something different. You want to roll in and like, that's, it's my thing. It's my style. Yeah. This, this one you just have up on the screen. This is a, one we've just done so the notch back here yeah this is a good friend who's is local we made like a spun aluminium um, center for the um uh, for like the wheel adapter so it's the same wheel that you make like a smoothie style billet wheel is that what that is kind of yeah so it's like a a sort of lightweight sort of styled wheel so like more like a, a drag race themed wheel but done as a split again so it's got the tuner lugs on it and then it's got the the sort of spun center which is a little bit reminiscent of um, like the, the sort of cast drums type yeah. type look going on, but it gives it like a mini dome hubcap that isn't the full VW uh, big baby moon style thing. And uh, it's a different look. I mean, yeah. I, I think it's a I think it's a cool look. Yeah, it's know? a it's a bit like a. Um, it sort of looks like an old oval racer type type. Yeah, like a style. soft flat disc in, yeah. the, in the center. Yeah. And so, I mean, you've gotten into, so you do a full air suspension, full front and rear air. For, for all, so every car model we cover now, so Type 3, Razor, all the variants, they've got the squares, notch of the... Uh, Did you fast. see the blue Type 34 out here yesterday? Yeah, with the gold wheels. Yeah. That's on ours as well. That car is gangster. It's like cool, that car it? is, um, <laughs> I, I have the same car sitting on the rack in my garage yeah. and I'm doing different wheels on it and I was a little upset about his wheels. <laughs> I was really upset about his wheels. And when I say upset, like... Yeah upset that it motivated me that I, that's yeah. it it's just raised the bar and yeah. now i'm now i'm coming even harder you yeah. know what i mean it's the blue one isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. gangster bro i love yeah. that car and yeah. that car sitting on your air suspension yeah. yeah and so what what is the air suspension so are you doing type one beam conversion onto the type three like yeah. what are you doing so our type three conversion is yeah it's a, it's a type one 66 on ball joint beetle front end you convert with so you use a donor from a uh a, a ball joint beetle mm-hmm. and then the um it's a ball joint front end that it adapts onto so we've we've basically played with the caster with the type 3 beam right so we have three settings on our uh, type 3 so we have like a cal look setting if you like so with a high rear end so it dials the caster into the beam if you're if you're running a lot of nose down mm-hmm. and then if you're running more flat you can rotate the beam forward which then basically allows the beam because the limits of the ball joint as well for your 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 like low point right um but by rotating the beam forward um it allows the car to go lower if you're running the car more flat but equally you don't have to compromise your steering if you've got the back end high and we're in a big wide oval or something on the back of it you can still uh you can still have good drivability on the car yeah yeah it's another razor yeah yeah I, I, i'm sorry the razors are probably the nicest <laughs> Volkswagen ever. i mean listen i, I, I want to disagree I, 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 I had i had the gray one that was in Volksworld on cosmics it was back in 09 yeah and it was featured in the old sign graveyard in vegas yeah. but that and that car was static as a matter of fact it had uh, qa1 shocks on it all the way around yeah um the new one that i'm doing i've got uh it's still going to be it's going to be static and i've got um uh some some cleblat wheels going on it color matched and 
now that I saw his wheels out here. Did you make those wheels for him? No, he did them. I, I don't know where those got done, but yeah, they they look really really good so what what now i'm looking at my cleabats thinking well those are going to the machine shop and cutting the hub out and i'm gonna have to make a 17 inch cleabla i gotta make splits now something but, yeah. I've, I've got to do it when the bar gets raised but that's what i love about the hobby right yeah instead of getting mad like mad and jealous yeah i get mad and inspired like yeah. oh now i gotta come correct like yeah. i gotta go back to the drawing that's board. what you want you want to see these cars that make you think and i, I can do this another way now. and i think people that can see something that just one up them and then use it to motivate. I think that's what makes the scene healthy and drives exactly. people. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, with your with your suspension for the Type Three. Now, how you? So my issue with air that I yeah. I've never had an air system. So I have to yeah. full disclosure, never had an air system. Yeah. And I've, it's always been maybe the reluctance of. You know, if I drop a car static and it's low enough, but it's not on the ground. I mean, obviously on the ground, everything looks better, yeah. right? Yeah. But I, I'll i put them as low as I can get them where they can still drive good, where I'm not on the brakes all the time going through intersections. And, and obviously our streets aren't as bad as the streets yeah. here. Yeah. You know, because we, <laughs> we don't get near as much rain. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I've never... The, I've never done air on a setup and it, it's always been the reluctance of, I, I kind of think on a type three going to a type one beam is like going backwards engineering wise, as mm. far as spring rate suspension, all that stuff. Of course, I'm not an engineer. I don't know the calcs and the resistance and all that stuff of mm. any of that. My particular type 34, I've got narrowed front um, mm. arms from Russell. Yeah. So he narrows the front trailing arms to bring them in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I think the air setup looks good on that Type 3. What's a complete setup run for that Type 3 like that? Um, for the with the beam and everything, do the narrowing, the, the whole the whole thing. I think they at the minute about three and a half thousand pounds. Okay, it's, so it's, about four grand US. Yeah, probably so, somewhere around that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, going to the talking about the the, the setup with the. Um, suspension and getting it kind of to work to work right that was a, a, a lot of the headache was with the front shocks to get them to work properly so um now you're talking about you, you have a shock looks like a bag over shock type thing correct yeah now so, what's the story on that shock um so so the the gold tops which are the sort of nickname for the whole range of the the the, the front shocks that we do um evolved from the hijacker um the munro the, the the shock that you've probably seen a lot of the black painted steel bodied shock and they they sort of worked and it was one of them where uh, they, they were good for a time but they, they struggled with sort of a couple of things to do with consistent getting consistent ride heights and and um, usually the, those hijackers are all they are is just compressed air so you eliminate suspension you yeah. no longer have i mean yeah. it's just stiffer the higher you raise the car the stiffer it rides Correct. the less suspension yeah. you have and and the other the other old way was they'd leave the torsion bars in so you end up with two suspensions sort of fighting each other right. was right. those those shocks um were used as load levelers mainly on the Correct. rear for uh you towing a big you got a fifth wheel or something on there and you're trying to uh level the bed on the truck and you'd have those shocks lift it up and it would get get everything flat again but they sort of work on a beetle purely because the weight was so light but then you, when you get to the razors and the the type threes and you've got a bit more weight in the nose things got tricky um which was the it sort of was something always needed to be done with design this shock 
um, that sort of, it's based on more of a strut than it is an air shock. Now. So is that shock 100% you? Yes. Like so, you have it manufactured yes. for you? Yeah, there isn't one part of that fit, that that is bought. And then, so it's not somebody else's shock private label? No, no. No. Okay, well, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm asking the question because I don't no. know, and I, and, and, no. and I look at it and I think off the top, like ah, he probably has that made by some. I mean, that's that's no, no, no. The, that's the easiest way to do it. Yeah, no, but it's, it's also yeah, it'd be cheaper. It's way <laughs> it, is, it is way cheaper, but it's also the part where you yeah. can't control yeah. how it works. Um, th this is the the part that sort of um, is interesting with that one. So that shot got released. The first version of it was released on the 49 when it came to Volkswagen in 2019. And it took another 12 months before we were willing to sell the shot because it went through the five prototypes and it actually started as a, um, if you, if you look between the bay window version, uh, the, uh, type two bus and the, um, the, the beetle type three one, they're different. And at the bottom of the bag, the rubber sleeve is actually tapered. Mm -hmm. um, and this was one of the tricky things to get around because we're trying to keep the ride quality there. Um, and because the front end's so light, it's really, it's really easy to get a shock that will lift the front, but it'd just be cripplingly hard on the front and it wouldn't be compliant. So you've got to have a really soft damping rate to be able to soak up the potholes and all right. that. And so the wheel's got to be able to jump down the hole and get back to where it was really fast. Um, but equally, um, you don't want the, 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 the shock to not be able to lift the whole weight of the car. So the design of that shock ended up being, um, it's a tapered sleeve with a rolled over base and it actually has a very narrow section in the bottom 50 mil. And that's, if you imagine it's like a V shape at the bottom where the rubber rolls onto the sleeve yeah. and that's got very small surface area. So that's what actually creates the movement in the bag. So when you're going along and it's taking out the, we have like, cat's eyes and holes and everything that's that's gigantic what gigantic potholes here in the UK. <laughs> i mean gigantic i mean it might be the way my uber driver is hitting them but i mean they're <laughs> they're doing they it on huge. purpose yeah <laughs> but big but that's the bit that actually does the suspension work but the beauty of that part is that's there at all heights so it's not just like you're getting just suspension when you've only got the tiniest pressure in so like 20 psi it will it, it has that same amount at 110 psi as it does at 20 psi and then the middle section, and this is what's different to the, the Monroe, the major difference, by having that steel piston more like a coilover, there's a huge volume of air above it. So when it lifts, it will lift the car consistently to the sort of same heights, even without a height sensitive system. So if you just put in 70 PSI, the height, even with you sitting in it, it will still go to the same height every time. So you don't get any of this like listing as it's going up or going right. down. So that was the big headache. And the other thing, the design that they ended up with, um, we added a, it's like a Heim joint, I think you call them, yeah. um, top and bottom, because the, with the narrow beams, you have to run the, the shock at a huge angle. Um, so it has that and it has anti-rattle, you see some little rubber O-rings in the yeah. side. Yeah. Um, and then they are quarter inch air taps, so it's going straight onto most air managements. And then the rose joints are 12 mil, so straight onto a VW, um, shock mount or beam bolt so everything is literally straight fit there's no like you have to put so you don't and fab a bunch of stuff no. to make it work you can throw that on and it it fits everything straight away so once you order it for what's on the second page so if you type in what do i type in there
Yeah, we're working on. <laughs> we're working on the the. I think the internet's on the same road that I drove here on. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you've got the 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 um, the two pictures on the right there. So the middle one is the beetle one you see at the bottom here. There's no crimp. Right. Yeah. So it's these yes. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that one's for the bus. So that one's got like two thirds listing capacity on top. So we actually deliberately had to turn down the lifting force on it for the beetle and the gear to make it compliant, but still make it lift to consistent heights. So the 430 HD is purely for bus bay window. And the and the HD like that will. So when that when you put that shock on a beam, mm -hmm. do you leave the torsions in? No. So you, what, what do you do in place of the torsions? And then, because I've seen people put straight rod through there. Yeah. Yeah. So and there's, th but there's straight rod just means both front are turning with no resistance. They're just, it's just now a hinge point. Yeah. So there's the original through rod is the, the sort of term we use to describe them was just a long piece of studding and they just put washers on. Right. There. We call it all thread in the States. Oh, that yeah. was the ghetto way of slamming your car. You just take a right. hammer, <laughs> a hammer and you knock out all the top leaves. Yeah. You put a piece of all thread through yeah. there nothing, <laughs> and lots of nuts. Yeah. Nut each side and you're good to go. <laughs> you know, the Bible on the dashboard. Right, that's that it. it. <laughs> that's it. You pray, yeah. you have a prayer before every, every road trip. And, uh, but yeah. and so now what do you guys, so somebody buys that if someone buys this air yeah. shot yeah. this air shot from you yeah can they fit that to a standard beam and raise and lower the car they can but we tend to say because you're fighting the torsion leaves so we do the, these through bars but ours are like a solid steel bar with a machine pin with a roller on the end right so they lock into the center of adjuster the or fixed point but you can use a factory beam so you can still you can still do it that way so it, in other words, if somebody wants to do the least expensive mm -hmm. method of lowering, they can yeah. get a set of front air shocks from you yeah. and yeah. get the other pieces. The through bars, the yeah. Other, the through bars on your website too. Yeah. The only the only thing they would have to do in that case is they just have to do a little bit of fabrication to make that top mount fit because that's the bit where you've got the pressed steel tower and that's where back to the So on a stock day. tower, it's not going to work. It's tricky. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. so, the stock tower's got the big bulge. Yeah. It's like an inch and a quarter thickness to the uh to the pressing so yeah. yeah so you'd end up chafing on the bag and that's why on ours we have the the laser cut end plates and then with the like gusset for the strength on the front so you edge. make those those shocks a hundred percent in-house yeah wow and what's what's the duty cycle in those things i mean so far you've you've um you haven't had too many failures with those bags no no i mean there's been um i see how many out there now probably in the region of 400 pairs of between those two out and there. those are just front only yeah, so yeah you don't want to use those on the rear no people have tried to do them on the rear but again it requires quite a lot of extra sort of fabrication and the damping rate because it's so soft it's designed for that 300 kilogram sort of front axle three to 450 the damping rate for the back isn't ideal so you would end up with the back rolling so you want it you know, the, the stiffer setup we do with the, the Revolution kit for the back has a much stiffer gas gas shock and a much larger bag for the... It's lifting the gearbox and the engine at the end of the day. At the, yeah, at the, so the your, rear. Your, your attitude is like, just get the airbags for the rear. So you can do... So like on that gear that was down there, yep. it has these, these on the front. Yep. 
with a type one adapter beam. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then it's got bags in the back. Correct. And you make kind of that cradle design that yeah. goes over the shock tower. Yeah. Now that's gone through a couple of iterations. I know my I know my brother had a setup on a car. Yeah. And he yeah. had uh, over time from the customer using it because the bag was yeah was yeah. kind of accordioning in the bag yeah. a little bit. Yeah. It ended up tweaking. Yeah. So we do the the original Gen One kit. So the 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 Revolution kit was the one that sort of followed the uh, the the first Gen is a fixed lower plate and fixed upper plate, and that that had, yeah there was there was there was things that could be improved and the main one on it was that we added the um, uh, the ability for it to sort of be cross compatible. So that was making it work for type three beetle gear all years early chassis late chassis um split case transmissions short axle long axle irs um there's so many different variations of what people variations do and weights and all yeah, that stuff yeah so. and this um this system is entirely self-contained self-limited um construction it's entirely unique kind of um now, how do, we've done is it is it a problem with the bags like according and like that like on a, mm. on an angle no no so the, the 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 main um parameter they give you on the specs for building bag kits is that a full compression you should have no chafe so the bag should be one flat and as low as it'll go they should be completely perfectly parallel over the top of each other it opening up like that as it you know, like you said an accordion style um, the bag obviously over a long period will eventually mold slightly to that shape, but in terms of its lifting force and how it's held, they have like a, a webbing that holds them on the side that keeps the bag in form. And so the bag, because it looks like the bag is kind of squatting to the side, but is it still pushing up and, it's, yeah. and it can't blow out to the no, side? No, 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 that's, that's, uh, that's perfectly inspected. Cause you think on, um, any of the, if you put that just on a standard swing arm, Mm -hmm. and you put that bag it's still according because the there's pivot points here and the top right, plate. so it's still doing instead of like it's not in parallel instead of like replacing the shock with an airbag yeah and most cars have a coil over a coil around the shock and the shock rides inside and everything yeah. runs straight yeah. up and down yeah with the volkswagen there's you're limited on space yeah inside the suspension yeah. and then try i mean that's quite a yeah quite a setup in the rear and that will take let's say on that gear how high will that gear sit out there um well this is the interesting thing because it uses it's a push rod system really is how it's working so it's got so a, it works on a on a cantilevered rod yeah so, so where does the where does the rod so go? the rod you see the little holes that the ones with the red stickers on and the push rods yeah and the little hoop on the end is where it actually pushes oh let me see here um so yeah you can see the saddle just oh, the top there yeah i clicked on the um, so yeah, those rods. Oh, so it connects to here, to this spot here. Uh, That's where the push rod bolts too is right there. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it connects to there and, and, and connects to the shock mount, the lower shock tower. So you're actually articulating the suspension from the lower shock mount. Yeah. And what you've done is cantilevered the bar to go down there and the yeah. bag is operating the bar. Yeah. So it's it's like an inboard shock system just using a bag instead of a shock yeah and then it has a horizontal shock shock across the top mm -hmm. um, so that provides the damping that's sort of hidden within the two the two halves of the cradle so there's a shock inside here yep that runs, oh, horiz that runs horizontal yeah because otherwise you wouldn't have any damping you'd just have a bag so right. then it'd be bouncy, it'd be bouncy and all yeah that. and you get all that so it's a again that was a, another nightmare to make because the seals 
um, you have to put in a horizontal shock isn't the same as a, a vertical shock. You've got gravity as your friend with the, the vertical stuff, but that one has to have all kinds of additional seals along the length of it to keep the, because it's a gas shock. So that gas shock is proprietary to you? Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that we call that as a HGS 309, that one is, but it's horizontal gas shock, 309 extended. And then all you see, all our other range is GS, a gas shock, and they're the, for like the static stuff. Yeah. So you put a horizontal shock on a vertical application, it's not going to work the same. The horizontal on the vertical probably okay. The, because the, all the gravity is going to bring all the all the fluid yeah. down at the bottom? Is yeah, that what the issue yeah. is? And they run dry on the top side. Right. Yeah. So then it'll a, blow out after a while yeah. if there's no lubricant on it. Yeah. It's the same as like why, why you never put your coils horizontal because you, you have the plates in the top and then all the oil drains to the, the bottom. Right. But they, they basically will burn out the, the, the top side of the seals and then fluids and gas and all kinds of things will go wrong. But that's based around, the company make that, um, the, the make that shop for us uh, do all rail, sun rail stuff, and they do a lot of the uh, inboard horizontal um, oh, nice. stuff. Yeah, to seek out so you kind of went to them and said, I like what you make, I need it made this size, Tiny. this small, and this yeah. is the, yeah. the rebound rate yeah. that I have on. Now, how are you calculating rebound and all that stuff? Or, I mean, have, um, you, have you done a lot of calcs to try? Well, that's what I'm yeah. figuring out. Like, yeah, but fundamentally, once it goes on there, that you know it all looks really great on paper and um, we did all the the maths based around the pivot point and where that is because it's, it's basically a bell crank mm -hmm. idea of where that that sits but because the, the, the dealing with that and then the rod down to the arm and then the arm pivots from the front point the sort of leverage is like three lots of leverage going on between it so three to one the yeah. leverage compound on that is yeah yeah so we we've we've fitted it and basically tried it and that that is harder than our normal gas shocks um to be able to sort of to handle that rebound yeah. yeah because you're getting so you're saying that the three points of force are putting down into that one rebound spot yeah yeah but then you've got the the bags obviously helping it there but you you've got to deal with um the weight at the back of the car is is much higher and can create much more uh sort of shock loading so the, the shop that's got to deal with it has got to be a, a much higher pressure. So that's what they are on, on top of there. So it, it looks like, a, I mean, it looks like a pretty good system. And how many, how many of these systems have you sold so far of these rear, um, the rear bag setups? There's probably around 400 of those now. of the rear bag setups. Yeah. Yeah. Now what's been your biggest challenge with manufacturing, becoming a parts manufacturer, going into the easy life of a parts manufacturer oh, yeah. and like the, riches and you probably take a nap in your, uh, in, yeah. your in your uh, vault of cash. Yeah. And, and then the yacht and the yacht <laughs> the sometimes. Yacht. Yeah, yeah. That's it. <laughs> so I mean, I, everything is horrible trying to do manufacturing. It's um, that one day the, the machine will make things one size the next day and next the, another working in the UK as well is riddled with its own problems of, rain and right uh, yeah and then all the steel comes brown and then you have to it's go all pitted yeah and then you have to go through fights with tolerances of things so it's uh the steel seems to come in different sizes every time we order. really so yeah everything now we make a point of blueprinting pretty much everything we start with to get it right from day day naught kind of thing so uh but manufacturing is a Everyone who does it, I think, and you thought, feels like, the pain. <laughs> what, where, where you're at now, I mean, you're kind of to the point where you're too late to turn back. Yes. But, and you've committed to this, so there's a sense of pride, like, I will see this through. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's, it's all Leanne's fault. It's all Leanne's fault. <laughs> it's all, 100%. We have to blame her. And, and, and with, with doing all of this, 
I mean, it, it's kind of a double-edged sword, right? It, it starts as a hobby, like this will be cool, and then and then I'll provide something for yes for this group that yeah. I'm part of, yeah. and then when you become a manufacturer, you kind of cross a line, right? Yeah. All yeah. of a sudden, you're no longer Craig. Yeah. Well, there's the guy from Limebug, right? Like, they, <laughs> yeah. and and, and yeah. you you challenge sometimes with maybe. Because you sell a lot of stuff to DIYers, right? Yes. And so the problem is you have to take all of the thinking out of it Correct. when you sell it to and, them. And that's one of the nice things about that. That's pre-assembled. So it takes a, a huge amount of the... So it's no longer like, especially when you're selling stuff overseas, it's no longer like, well, how did you put it in? The guy sends you a picture and you're like, you, you put the wrong piece in the wrong yeah. place. It, and does, it does still happen. Yeah. Um, like it, you've got to be honest. And that's normally where the main the main hiccups end up with or people sometimes it's not even necessarily the customer sometimes they'll buy a car and it says this is this year and then the chassis has been swapped out or the the transmission's been right. swapped and and then that creates then more hurdles because they've managed to get it so far and then we have to break the the news to them and go unfortunately that all needs to come back out because the tab is wrong or the right. rod you, is wrong clearly or, looking at your pan the, i think you have a 68 pan and you're 62 yes so yes. it's like this is <laughs> yeah. as much as we want this to work it's never going to work yeah yeah what is it easier on the air systems is it easier to do swing axle car or irs car um in terms of the fitting it's exactly the same so uh Unfortunately, the Beetle is actually the trickiest one to fit purely because Type 3's boot floor is fractionally higher. So to get those two halves in, it's much easier on a Type 3. Um, IRS makes no difference. The shock mount, we have like a little cup that drops into the top of that and then the push rod just drops straight in. So that's great. Um, the main difference in terms of difficulty actually comes to the Volkswagen, really. Um, to make an IRS car lower, you can't get away from an angle grinder. Um, you have to do some chopping. So can you get a swing? You can get a swing lower than an IRS. Easy, yeah. That's that car you've got on the picture there. Yeah, has, I see. There's has, lots of Type 34s. If yeah. For a guy who just wanted to argue about Type 34s <laughs> not being the cleanest Volkswagen on the market, yeah, yeah. you got a lot of them on your website. I know. I know. I'm not a black. I'm not a black wheel guy. Look at this one with the black. These it doesn't do the wheels justice. Yeah, uh, yeah. In the right light, yeah. But yeah, but that's it, the thing. Like, you get a little bit lost to the tire sometimes. And that's the, that's my challenge with black wheels yeah. is that you don't see the wheel tire separation. But that car there has no cuts at all. It's swing axles. Because axle. I'm sitting here, you know, I'm, I'm building another Type 34 right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking how hard this thing looks on this air suspension. Mm. And uh, so could I use the front, the front air shocks on a Type 3 beam on this? This is the one with Type Three because they they have this funky right. They got that torsion front yeah. suspension. The the answer in a nutshell is I don't think it'd work quite right. I think it has to be the conversion beam. You never you get it to work correctly. Yeah, yeah. I think it'd be yeah. Um, you'd be fighting the torsion bars. Now, with respect to. The, so this full kit mm -hmm. you can buy goes on and it comes with the front beam the whole the whole gamut the the blue type 34 you guys will see pictures that i'll include on the uh on the on the blog for this um the type 34 gear that was here yesterday when that's driving how high does it sit how high can it sit um i actually saw him leaving yesterday i mean I don't know how high it will go at max height because i've only seen it driving out but it lifted a clear four or five inches of good clearance you know from from the floor he drove out through all that mud and sludge and grass and everything out over there um but yeah i've seen that video of that car on the freeway as well driving along and yeah it's it, you'd get you'd get about five 
five to six inches is kind of like where you're at. Now, how much does the geometry change in respect to lower to stock with regards to steering? Is the steering affected much? Um, no, the from the, the height of the driving. Yeah, so the but you're like bump steer is that mm -hmm. the kind of thing? Um, so the the ultra arm that was one of the big things that was trying to cure because you get that sort of crazy where you go uh, over and then one wheel just jump massively out of line and make the whole car skip across the road. The Ultron pretty much disposes of that as a problem. So you get almost zero bump steer, you know, with the- uh, So the, the Ultron, Ultron fixed that, pushing all, just realigning all the- Because it pushes everything straighter. You're trying to get that like, you're chasing that- um, Trying to get a straight line. A straight rod, yeah. Without having a, a solid, the Lotus way of having that solid bar from just one, one spindle to the other, because then it's, it won't go round and round about at all. Um, but that you're trying to get it where the rods are completely straight. So when you when you have got that articulation, you haven't got the wheels doing any kind of steering. You just want everything to go in a straight line, and that arm does does basically rectify that. That was one of the things it was chasing as well as the the lock to lock thing as well on the Ackerman. But that gets rid of it. Is your arm is your arm one of your better selling pieces? Just the yeah. arm by itself? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Cage Chase yeah. sells sells them um, in the states as well. Um, and again, we worked with him because he's the the guy we always knew as the um, uh, the uh, the extended pitman arm guy. And uh, so we, we sort of spoke to him and had some some conversations about that. We changed a few few of the designs. Like the the big one was the um, the long extension on that short rod because that one's really off center now when you look at it it looks kind of right. kind of bizarre a little bit but that that's all been uh i suppose worked out on a lot of solid works and a lot of uh cad and then some cardboard and wooden models to right try and i mean <laughs> yeah. you guys are having i mean it looks like on your website you guys have just a ton of stuff everything from i mean you, you've got uh Spindles? You sell spindles too? Yeah, fully built. Yeah, yeah. We do them, and you know, you raw powder coated or the complete with carriers, everything good to bolt on, or so, the whole front, the whole front axle. So, how many people do you have in your organization working with you? We're quite small, really. Uh, there's there's uh, only four of us that are full time, um, and then we have uh, four other guys who uh, uh, are part time in the shop as well. So. I like, I mean, it looks like everything you've taken some time and put a lot of effort in engineering and trying to get this stuff dialed in. Mm. Um, the wheels were the newest thing that you did? Yeah, yeah. So the wheels are the fun bit. Now, yeah. <laughs> and so uh, what inspired the wheels? It was just trying to, just wanting to add another thing to the catalog or just no. wanting to do something different? Um, I think um, it was one in a wheel. I remember the, the, the FU30 being the Fouch inspired wheel that we was, was sort of machined up. And right. I wanted one where it was a 16, so quintessentially the, the correct size for a, a Fouch original uh, diameter wheel. But I wanted the center to be sunk on the back and then protruding the King Crab more idea at the front. And that was one one want, I suppose, on the wish list. But the, the other one was that the petal, um, there's a quite a few replica ones and splits and oh, I really the, I, I gotta be honest, I hate the cut fuke design I, I it's a copy of the 1552s the, was the original yeah the, the, that, that's the first one that I saw years back yeah. which I I loved it. it's it's my image profile and offer up mm. 
And I, that's what I wanted to do 12, 13 years ago when I started building my split window. Mm. And I, I got to tell you, I hate what everybody's doing with them. Like in, in the, in the U S they're all just cutting them open. And them. It's just terrible. It's yeah. like, yeah. it just doesn't, just cause it looked right when they did it doesn't mean like it looks, it's gotta be flat on the face. You can't cut into the arc. Like yeah. it's, yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's a way that people are doing it. And yeah. I, yeah, I think because they're starting like a mono a monoblock cast wheel that's starting with on on those ones and machining out, the either end up with the wheel looking way too small and sort of lost in the the middle, and we push the petals right out so it looks like the, with the tire on it, everything looks proportionally right. M- well, yeah, well you, balanced. You, your pedal doesn't curve down. No, it's flat. Yeah, and when it's flat like that, you can machine it out if yeah. you want to machine it out. Yeah. And then, um, and then as the reversed hardware in the back, and then um, yeah, it, it sort of gave a uh, by machining ourselves, it gave us a huge amount of scope to be able to play with it. And like this wheel here, the, I love this wheel, man. This wheel is freaking. <laughs> this wheel is rad. Yeah. I mean, so is that a one-off wheel, or is no. that a wheel that you make? That- yeah, we make make that. So that one's on our '63, um, but we've just done um, one that we're not allowed to talk too much about. But the guys at Type Detectives have just. They're building a really cool bus with uh, with another uh, play on that wheel, basically. Right. So we've just we've just done those. Um, What's the that, name on that wheel? That star shaped uh, wheel? Uh, it's, they're called six six three three five. So um, yeah, they're in they're hidden in there somewhere. Um, <laughs> but they're they're, they're so now you sell barrels. You sell the barrels too for yeah, everything. Yeah, all the dishes and barrels. So you can build the the wheel up to the spec that you want if you want a huge wide, you know, a, a nine inch wide tire at the front uh, the back. and these obviously you're distributing for somebody you're, you're buying them through a distributor yeah so you don't we, manufacture those, we right? don't manufacture the dishes and barrels no that's they're made through a process spinning is how they're made and then, then we machine the the drill and the drill holes and then the they just call it like the pcd because it's kind of like a uh, a look pattern and yeah, that wheel is freaking gangster man that, yeah. that, that wheel listen there's some ugly wheels in the world that's not one of them I, <laughs> I, i'm a fan of this wheel because it just has it's got such a cool look to it, and you know that's not an easy thing to pull off with the Volkswagen. You're 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 stuck at the wide five design, yeah, and you've got to come up with something that's. I mean, it's it's really it's a bit of fun. Everything one. is a pentastar shape, right? Yeah. Always is with a five lug. You can't yeah. do a six because it looks yeah. it doesn't match it's, up with the lug pattern. It's lean into the star. That one is right. So stars everywhere on that one. Oh yeah, it's freaking rad, man. This is this. Is a, so what's a set of those wheels run? um i think yeah on them for by the time you've got the dishes barrels and hardware you're probably around the sort of three three thousand maybe a whisker under three thousand by the time you've got everything it's the hardware that adds up on them the dishes and barrels are just that doesn't that doesn't sound super expensive i mean mm. you get a set of iosio wheels the the forged alloys and yeah. those are five grand for a set you yeah. know what i mean yeah. so but then you obviously with them they come like uh straight off the machines so they'll be a milled finish um, on them, so you would have to then paint, anodize, polish, post that point. Um, so you sell the hub, and then with this wheel, it's like you buy this wheel and you pick yep. your center center cap. Yeah, if, you can go center cap or no center cap. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people like the industrial look of like still seeing the the hub nut and still seeing the the castle nut in the front as well, the um, uh, pinch nut at the front as well. So a lot of people run them. Uh, without a cap 
now the the fuke style wheel right here the line bug 16 inch fuke mm -hmm. now these are like a this is a flat four fuke which mm -hmm. whatever some people need to buy it so you sell it right but, <laughs> i mean it, i i like i really like you know the line bug 16 inch yeah these so yeah are, so they're a lot of fun they were like where they were done where the the front wheel is entirely different to the rear so on our machine that they don't share any fixture or any jig. The front wheel is entirely different wheels to the rear, even though they look similar. So it has that dished center. So the the front, the middle of that wheel is low, and then the front is more the front wheel is more like a traditional where the center is high. So you get that like concave, convex thing going on when you see them. Is there a car here today with a set of these wheels on it? I don't think there's one here today. That uh, I really like yeah. the concave convex wheel. And you, here's the crazy part. Where else can you get that in the VW world? Yeah, it's they're all they're all pretty much much of the same center section, just with different offsets and different barrels for the other wheels. This is a ton of work to try to figure out to get this to work. So is the front and rear wheel the same? Like when you order it, it'll say, do you want it rear? Do you want it concave, convex? Like yeah. So we've done a, a few of those for the, the Porsche community. And we've done one guy's either set, uh, set for his 911. And he's, he's just ordered the set. The second set is not the concave convex. He's gone for the concave front and back this time. Oh, really? So, which is the more unique one, if you know, because that, yeah. that's like you know the the one that's totally unique. Um, so, uh, but in in general, if somebody was to order a set, they would get the front with the con uh, the concave, and then they would get the rears as the convex. But they're all molded around the dish as well, which is uh, so the the one the front has a one and a half inch dish. And that the profile of how that comes around, we have to add a lot more material on the back of that. So um, to push the to push the pedal out. Yeah, yeah. And then on the back, the dish profile is different. So when you look at them when they're machined, you can even from the back, you can identify which one is a, a rear and a front because they're a totally different, you know. And on these you start with a solid block of aluminum. Yep. So there's a ton of waste. Yep. Yeah, the scrap man loves us. Yeah, that's <laughs> insane. I mean, how long does it take to machine one of those one of those um, centers? So to do a full set of four wheels takes one week. And you, you work with somebody who's got a five axis? Uh, no, we have a three axis um, and then we do have a five axis lathe, but we don't we don't machine the wheels in the lathe. So you machine these on a three axis? Yeah. On a yeah. three axis CNC? Yeah, yeah, with a lot of headaches. Yeah, that's work, man. And yeah. who programs all that? Uh, me and one of the, uh, the one of the other guys who's full time. He's uh, he's good as well. So he does he does a lot of the programming, and we keep. It's, it's a never ending thing with the the machining. You're always chasing a better finish, chasing a smoother profile, and, uh, and a cleaner cut. So, um, but yeah, every time we'll always try and tune it a little bit more each time. But yeah, he does all he does all that stuff. So no, that's uh, along with along with me. Yeah, man. I mean, look, you got you got some good. So, what's new coming up for Linebug? Like, what can we expect to see in the future? Um, so, this year, split screen air ride will happen this year. So, the, the the split bus and the bay bus. So, the bay bus front kit's already done and out. The rear of the bay is due to go out imminently. Um, and then, actually, as of Monday uh, tomorrow, uh, the the first prototype shocks should be pretty much ready to fit and take on a few uh pothole runs to see nice. how to see how they feel so um yeah they were hoping to get them here for the show but with everything else it just unfortunately missed the boat a little bit but that, that they're the things that are coming out and we've got some new 1302 
1303 or Super Beetle shocks as well. So, so strut replacement type stuff. Yeah, McPherson strut front end stuff. Um, what else have we got? Uh, there's one really, really big project that won't be done this year, but it'll be for 2024, which is a huge, it involves a lot of carbon fiber. So that's quite an exciting one. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. that's so. rad. No, I'm, I, I, I like what you're doing. I mean, it just like the stuff that I see that you do out here, it, it looks like you've got a lot of time committed to it. Mm. And um, the stuff doesn't look like it's cheaply built. You know, it looks like it's quality stuff. I mean, I know anytime you're in a business, you're starting with things, you've got that kind of trial and error period where some something mm. worked when you guys had it in the workshop and something like that. And maybe you need to make some refinements after it goes out. But yeah, yeah. Uh, from the stuff that I've seen, man, that, that I see out here, it's Thank it's you. pretty solid. So, and you're Thank just you. now dipping into the bus world right now. Correct. Yeah. So that's the the next the next thing really because the the Beetle and Type Three has been our obviously from the name that's been where we started and we've built built with the car the car air cooled Volkswagen world and we just want to try and try and see what we can do with the the bus stuff because it doesn't seem a, a lot out there for the the bus air there's, kind of thing yeah there's there but you gotta wait on a little bit yeah you know yeah so, yeah and yeah. that's the and that's the thing we you know when you're running a sm small operation it's like you've got quite a quite a menu mm. here mm. and that means you've got a lot of product to try to supply i mean yeah. which means you've got a lot of hours to build inventory yeah you know so yeah. what's typical wait time somebody orders a front somebody orders I call you up and I say, Craig, it's your boy Bill from the States. I'm going full air on the Gia, bro. What yeah. do I need? How, how soon do I get it? Uh, uh, for you? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so typically, um, you're talking two weeks. So two weeks, but yeah. it'll ship in two weeks. You would get it in so two weeks. Could, oh, so you, do you make them to order or do you have them in inventory? You uh, try to inventory everything. Yeah, so everything's carried. So we roughly, um, with the beams, um, because four inch is the, the most popular. Um, we normally carry in the region of 200 of those at any one time. And then the type three stuff, they're a lot a lot less. Um, but most of the time we've got a buffer. Um, but it always it always falls over. It sounds like, well, it, it always falls over because of one little bracket or one yeah. little screw or one clip or one pipe. And it'll all, because there's so many components to it, it only takes that one thing and then you can't, you can't ship it out, so. But generally speaking, we've got, I mean, like we had one uh, we order for a Type 3 rear kit on Wednesday, and he has the kit already. So that's... Oh, nice. And where do you sell most of your stuff? States. The States has just been killing the UK <laughs> as far as sales go. The, the, the States do like the stuff, yeah. So it's... it's like, where do you send most of your stuff to? Southern California, or do you send uh, it all over? Yeah, there's a lot of dry states seem to have it but uh, Texas uh, Texas seems a bit Hawaii weirdly a lot goes to Hawaii yeah <laughs> well all those guys they got all that money and no roads to drive with, so they just <laughs> they could do cars. they could just drive around in circles all day on the, on the water <laughs> yeah it's crazy Maui's got a lot a lot of a lot of EWs out there and not a lot of roads but yeah uh, yeah but uh, um, we, we send we, a lot of stuff goes to Europe as well I mean the UK the UK is obviously still um, you know that's that's where we built up the reputation in the first place well most well known here, and all so. the stuff's made here in England yeah so, yeah yeah it's you know that's it, it's good to know that at least it's not going overseas to be made and we're yeah. you know at least it's being made in the country of origin where it's sold from. So exactly, that's, yeah. uh, listen, that's gotta be worth something, right? Exactly. So, exactly. uh, well, if people want to get a hold of you, how do they get a hold of you? Um, the website, the email, the emails are always best. Um, so yeah, just uh, jump on there. There's a contact us page or just direct to VW parts at linebook.com. 
and then very cool and your instagram is linebug vw linebug vw you guys want to check out his stuff linebug vw and uh craig's making some dope stuff and uh if you saw his type 34 gear you'd be mad as i was today so (laughs) well thanks for coming on the podcast i appreciate it thank you very much all right if you like that podcast, make sure you share this with a friend. We love when you share the podcast because it helps us grow organically. And we've been growing like crazy because you guys have been out there like nobody else sharing the podcast. So I appreciate that from, from me to you guys. Uh, it makes doing what I do that much better when you get, when I see you guys enjoy it enough to share it. So don't forget one crazy week in October 6th and 7th. Go pre-register right now at letstalkdubs.com. It's going to be a rager. So there's going to be some people from London over here some people from the uk in general will be here for that event so it'll be cool you get to meet some of the people you heard of on the podcast it's going to be a great time lots of people from all over different locations are going to be coming to one crazy weekend so look forward to seeing you guys there don't forget to support let's talk dubs.com you can go on pick pick up some merch we'll get you guys some merch shipped out with the quickness other than that guys i've got more stuff coming up from the uk invasion plus some other podcasts and one stateside podcast that i did in the uk but that's a great one it's gonna be coming up as well until next week guys later you probably don't know that there's a new volkswagen out that doesn't look like a volkswagen